welcome to Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub. My name is Jamie. I'm your host and super excited. This is, I think this is our first podcast of the year or second. I think we may have second done one. Podcast. Yeah, it's, I think we did one second. right on the second as well. So cool. Well, welcome to 2023. And uh, Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. So it's, it's, it got a little warmer yesterday. So I'm like, I'm feeling it. So, I do enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm over cold weather. Yes. <laughs> well, and as soon as I say that, you know, like it's going to snow in oh, the next couple of days or something. No doubt about it. It, it always yeah. does. Absolutely. South Carolina weather. Yeah. So Matt, did, did you set any goals or new year's resolutions this year? Um, you know, I, I've kind of, I've, I've taken a backseat to, um, setting actual new year's goals. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know, Jamie, we've, we've talked about this before and, mm-hmm. and even on the podcast, I think about the, you know, the one word challenge. So I've kind of adopted that and just kind of, just kind of tailor everything around that. I've, I've kind of got some, you know, some points about, um, you know, that, that I just, I just kind of tie into is almost like a, uh, a, a personal vision statement for the year, if you mm, will. That's good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you, is there a resource for that or is that something you came up with? Well, there's the, you know, the, the one word challenge book. Sure. Um, you know, one of our, our social workers, Sarah Padula turned me on to that a couple of years ago. Um, Jamie, I think you're a, a one word fan, mm-hmm. you know, the, certainly several of us out there, but, um, you know, just kind of in doing that, it, I, I remember in a, in a previous lifetime in a previous job, like I, I had these, pieces of paper on a bulletin board that were like, you know, these are, these are my spiritual resolutions for the year. These are my physical resolutions Mm. for the year, you know, and, and it was a very exhausted list and kind of ties into what I want to talk about today because, you know, I, I, I'd keep that list there and, you know, I'd, I'd either make excuses about why it wasn't important to me anymore, or was I just trying to fill up space in a list or, you know, some of the things you know, we're, we're lofty, uh, maybe, or, you know, you know, and, and I guess there were some things that I, I did accomplish, but, um, that's kind of where, where today goes a little bit, I guess, you know, thinking about being t- almost three weeks into a new year mm-hmm. and, you know, you start to see those things of, of, um, I saw Peloton had a commercial that, you know, it was like 90% of new year's resolutions, fail within the first three weeks or whatever, but mm-hmm. 82% of Peloton users, you know, continue whatever. And it was, you know, it was kind <laughs> of apropos timing for them, I guess. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit today about, um, about goals, not necessarily more about goals, but, but about failure, which we've, we've mm-hmm. talked about before, but sure. Um, just some, some interesting perspectives that I've heard this week or the past couple of weeks. Nice. Yeah, why why do you think resolutions fail? I I think we have this um we have this inherent trait about us whether it's from um whether it, you know it's from it's from your parents it's from from being raised this way or or maybe it's from your parents that you know you want to defy them or mm-hmm. um you want to want to prove somebody wrong or prove to yourself that you could do something and you know there's this sense of a new year of a closing of a year and a new year and you know you hear about people saying new year new me right. and you know this year's kind of catchphrase was new year same me um 
So, you know, I, I think, I think people have, have lofty goals Mm -hmm. and I think we are also a society that likes to see, you know, immediate results. I I know that, you know, I'm guilty of that too. I'll, I'll go to the gym and then I'll step on the scale the next morning and go, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be like (laughs) 30 pounds lighter because I went to the gym yesterday. So, um, you know, there's some instant gratification to that and, um, I, I think, I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's more than that. It's a, you know, if you're going to set big goals, um, professionally, pers- mm-hmm. personally, whatever, then, you know, there, there's some, there's some work that has to go into it. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, you know, I mean, I've set re- resolutions. Um, I think last year was really the first year I did the one word challenge and I really, like that versus a typical new year's resolution. It's, it's much more, um, man, you can really apply it to every part of your life where, you know, like you said earlier, spiritual, physical, you know, um, you know, work, everything. And it, it, it applies across the board. And I think it's, it's a really good thing. And it, you know, it's easier to remember the, the one word mm-hmm. and, and, you know, use that creative approach as to how I'm going to integrate that one word into where is it that I, that I want to start and where do I want to end sure. and saying, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds this year mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm going to work out five days a week or. Yeah. Right. You know, I, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a personal trainer, you know, and you know, so many people when they get to these news resolutions and as soon as they hit their first failure and they don't do the five days a week of working out or whatever, whatever that may look like, they just say, well, I'm done. I, I, I lost it, you know, and his big thing is just, no, just start all over right now. Start from right now. You had a bad meal. Well, the next meal's up, you know, <laughs> make a better choice there, you know? So I think, you know, being able to continually reset I think is a help too. And, and, you know, when you have some of those goals to hit as well. And and I think that's, that's, I mean, we, we could just probably stop it right here, Jamie, Mm -hmm. if you want, like, that's what I I think the, the end message that I want is, you know, the, the first time you fail shouldn't be the last time you fail. You you know, don't, don't just throw your hands up and, Oh, I didn't do it. Let me just walk away or, Mm -hmm. you know, quit. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I had a, a provider I was talking to this week that told me, um, you know, I asked the provider just kind of, we were going back and forth. And I was like, well, how, well, how's your week been? And they said, you know, this, this week has been really enlightening. I'm truly failing. Mm. Um, and, and said that kind of as a, uh, I don't know, it, it not quite self-sabotage, but it, you know, it, it wasn't a proud, a proud moment of, of failure. Sure. And you know, my response to that is enlightenment only comes from failure. Mm, that's you good. know, I, I think you, I think you have to, you have to lean into that failure. You know, I'm not going to talk about how Edison, you know, didn't invent a light bulb. He invented 10,000 ways not to invent a light bulb. Mm-hmm. You, you know, not all of us aspire to be Thomas Edison. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, invent a light bulb, but, you know, all of us have this inherent, um, characteristic about us that, mm-hmm. that we want to improve on, on where we know we can improve and, yeah. and be better where we know we can be better or where there's injustice or mm-hmm. where there's potential. Um, yeah. so I, I think, I think allowing failure is natural. Yes. 
I, no, well, allowing failure is unnatural. Failure is going to naturally occur. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does feel wrong. You know, it feels like you have low self-esteem. It feels like, you, you know, you, like I said, self-sabotage. It's a number of things that come with failure. Um, but, you know, Jamie, I'll, I'll just kind of digress into to I have I have really two regrets in my life. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about poor decisions that I've made, but, but really like two regrets in my life. One is, um, when I was 10 years old, I, I played, I tried out for rec league football and, mm-hmm. um, you know, was, was the biggest kid. And after about three weeks, you know, of, of being the biggest kid, people started to try and take down the biggest kid and it, and I, mm-hmm. it you know, it just got, it, it was really wearing on me and, and I quit mm. and, um, you know, because I, I just, I felt like there was more people coming at me than there was me to, to come at other people. And, um, you know, I quit and, and I, I recall that as one of my biggest regrets because I feel like I, I let myself down, let my team down. I didn't persevere. Sure. You know, I, I allowed myself to make excuses and, and my other is, um, I, I, you know, went through the whole boy scout system. I was a cub scout, Tiger Scout, we blows into a Boy Scout, and by the time I was 15 years old, I had done everything I needed to do to be an Eagle Scout except mm. for a service project. Right. Um, and you know, I I really liked being the boy in the Boy Scouts. I liked what it was about. I, I still like what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I enjoyed mentoring younger younger guys coming up. Um. But you have to do all that by the time you you have to complete your Eagle Scout by the time you turn eighteen. So I spent the next two and a half years not doing what I knew needed to be done, and and I I can't go back and be an Eagle Scout now. Yeah, you know I, I can't rectify that. So sure. you know those are those are the the two regrets that I have in my life, mm-hmm. um, and both of those you know are surrounded by allowing myself to. Um, let failure get in my way, which ultimately caused me to quit. Yeah. And, and I love it that you learn these two lessons so early. And I think that's, we, you know, we kind of discount our childhood sometimes, but man, those are the lessons you learn early on that, that go with you for the rest of your life. I have a very similar, um, regret myself, you know, was playing football in high school. I played through junior high, was actually the eighth grade captain of the team, um, you know, was really into it. Was you know decent, and <clears throat> got into you know music. Uh, was you know in, in the church I was at. Got really really heavily into that. I don't regret that, but I quit football. <laughs> so I wish I would have seen where that could have went. Not that I would have went you know played pro or anything, but I think I've I could have been you know a decent high school player. You know, so um, I definitely have a very similar regret there. Didn't do the Boy Scouts though. Right. And, and, you know, I, I guess two things about that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, things happen for purpose sure. and, um, you know, there, there are choices that we make in our life that, that have a rippling effect. Like I'm, I'm a believer in that. Um, you know, my, my regret is, um, is, is, is really about not continuing to try, mm. you know, not continuing to put the effort in. Yeah. Um, I, I too don't think I would have been a professional football player. Um, and, and the only thing that, you know, I, I probably would have gained from being an Eagle Scout is being an Eagle Scout. You know, mm-hmm. it's like 
one percent of all the people that go through the Boy Scouts are Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only a, a certain number in the world, um, but but it's more than that. You know, it's it's about it's about committing to something and, and seeing it through. Sure. And you know, I, you're right. I, I learned those lessons, or I experienced those lessons early in my life. I didn't understand the value of them probably until my late thirties. And, and when I turned 40, I, I, I know that most of you are shocked to know that I am over 40. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe, please. Um, but when I turned 40, I, I really leaned into and, and did research, you know, while I was doing my master's, you know, had a, had some courses about, um, you know, motivation and stuff through, through the master's program. It really gave myself that gift of, of failure is is natural Mm. you know i don't want to say failure is okay but but failure is expected and and i think again like that provider enlightenment comes from failure um to okay it didn't work this way this time what do i need to do differently what do i need to do better Mm -hmm. um what what problem do i really need to solve yeah that that i think came from that yeah and and we've you know we've talked about this before but you know, it's the, and we, it's kind of a buzzword, but you know, failing forward, you know, but it's so true. You can fail backwards and get down on yourself and, you know, complain and, you know, whatever, and, you know, be the, you know, be the, um, victim or you can fail forward and say, okay, what did I learn? What can I do differently now and move forward and, and make something out of that? Cause I think, I think there's, I mean, every good story has failure. It has conflict. Every good story. There's not a story told without it. So I think right. it's, I think it's, we, we, we need it. Uh, you know, unfortunately it sucks, but <laughs> we need it. <laughs> and I, you know, and that brings a good point to me because one of the things I feel like I learned from that is action is, is always better than no action. Mm. Um, you know, the, the people that I've, been mentored by and, and certainly had the opportunity in, in return to mentor, you know, I kind of, I've, I've always said, I'm, I'm never going to be mad at you for making a decision. Mm. If you make the wrong decision, I'm, I'm, you know, going to have to do my part to help you understand that it was a wrong decision, but, but I'm, I'm always going to be mad at you or, um, you know, have some sort of repercussion toward you for making no decision. Mm. And and I think the, the, the message that I'm trying to convey here is action is, is always, well, let me just say almost always, you know, we don't like to deal in absolutes, almost <laughs> always better than no action. Mm, that's good. You know, and, and, and I think where, where I got that from is, is, you know, the attempt and the failure is better than no temp- attempt at all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'd be amiss not to, again, go back to my childhood and remember Yoda telling Luke in the, in the, in the swamp that, you know, either do or do not, there mm-hmm. is no try. Yeah. Um, you know, and Luke was trying to lift the, the, the plane out of the swamp and, and Yoda said, you know, he says, I'm trying. And Yoda says, either do or do not, there is no try. And, and the point there is if you do it, then it's done. If you attempt to do it and it doesn't work, you just haven't done it. And, and the lesson that I'm taking away is, you know, most of the time is I haven't done it yet. 
right. you're going to keep trying to do it. So, so that's where I, I always think action is better than no action. Yeah. Matt, you know, how, how does fear, you know, keep us from action? Obviously it does. I know for myself, I struggle with anxiety, you know, clinical anxiety, all that, you know? And so last year was my word was courage, you know, to, to have more courage, to take more chances. And this year I, I said, you know what? I don't need a new word this year. I need to continue (laughs) with the, with this word. And I made it my word again for this year. Um, because it's something I have to keep keep approaching, keep fighting for. You know, how much how much is fear a factor of you know when people take no action? So let me start by saying, Jamie. You know, as a, as a friend, you know, you shared your word with me last year, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, I, I certainly felt like I needed to to take my opportunities to to push you in mm-hmm. in in your word, which I felt like was was met full force and and I, and I, I could see that in you you know in the past year of, sure. of how you did things that were outside of your comfort zone uh-huh. um that you know you you it was it, you you could tell you were you were being courageous um in in your demeanor in your professional life you know so so you know applauding for that but certainly you know that anxiety. There's there's always that rationalization in your mind of, well, if I do it and I fail, all these things could happen. Mm-hmm. But if I don't do it, then I won't fail. Yeah. You know, so so that's kind of where that fear turns into to somewhat of rationalization, somewhat of anxiety, somewhat of of self sabotage. Um, I was having a conversation with my daughter you know, a couple of weeks ago and, and she was, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but you know, we were talking about doing something and she said, you know, this could happen. Let's just say, you know, go in the ocean and you might get eaten by a shark. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I was like, okay, well that's the worst case scenario. <laughs> now tell me what the best case scenario is. Like mm. what's the best thing that can happen with that? Um, that, you know, oftentimes is, is that, is the 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 opposite of the fear of okay if you're going to think about the the worst case scenario and and that's your biggest fear then take the opportunity to think about the best case scenario and and yeah. what could be the outcome and and weigh your decisions that way you know if you're thinking about going skydiving and you're you know in the plane with your parachute on sure you, you know that might be a good a, a, a good time to evaluate the the pros versus the cons. Mm-hmm. I would hope people might do that before they get in the plane, but um, you know, there, there's an, there's an inherent fear um, with taking a risk. Sure. Uh, but there's also a feeling that you don't get um, until you accomplish something, you know, mm-hmm. that exhilaration that, you know, is, is a much more rare feeling than a feeling of fear, fear or failure um, cause those can come pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. I love this. This might be my favorite uh, podcast we've done. So just, I'm calling it early. <laughs> okay. Claim it early, man. Yeah, I'm claiming it early. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it, you know, so many times, you know, and there's, you know, if I look at all my regrets, it's usually because I didn't take a chance. I didn't, I didn't, you know, you know, 
push myself to go, you know, those are the big regrets that I think I have. And we all have them, you know, people that say, well, no regrets. No, nah, I got, I got them, <laughs> you know, but what can I learn from them? You know, and I think that's, right. that's the key key there. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what's point number three? I'm excited. So, uh, you know, point number three, I, I think kind of, kind of leans into my word this year, which is, um, which is inspire. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think that, that you know you can really motive i think motivate motivation is intrinsic um you you can't motivate someone if you look at the definitions of the word uh, although we we use that word you know i'm going to motivate you to do that well mm-hmm. motivation comes I- intrinsically so to to key from for me to for me to enact your motivation for yourself Jamie i can do that one of two ways i can do that through manipulation or I can do that through inspiration. Mm-hmm. Don't confuse those. <laughs> yeah, the, they they both have their purpose. Sure, um, but but they're not interchangeable, and and uh, and don't confuse those. So um, I, I think that that sometimes manipulation, um, you know, it, it gets a bad rap. You know, it, it has a has a negative connotation to it, which probably so. But few people hear the word inspire or inspiration and think of a of a negative thing um you know and and it being a negative connotation so you know if you're inspired into action then um you know that's that's a unique feeling so one of the things that simon sinek says um that you know it kind of kind of helped me adopt my word this year was you know, he talks about he wants to inspire others to do what inspires them. Mm. And, you know, that that really stuck out for me this year because, um, you know, as, as we have this now 2020, we're in 2023, we're in a ACO reach, we've got all these things that we keep working toward. Yeah. Um, you know, this, we got to make sure our risk adjustment factor scores are right. We got to make sure our our level threes and fours are in the right place. We need to still complete ACPs. We need to engage CCM. We need to have support systems and use technology and look at numbers and um, all, all of these things of these of of pieces that go into this large puzzle. And I feel like sometimes we miss that one thing that pulls that all together. Mm-hmm. And you know it, it's it's not listening to podcasts. It's not looking at Power BI. It's not you know being able to have successful scores or you know incentives. You know it, it really boils down to at the end of the day, how does that patient see a provider, see a team, see a practice that that helps them be healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had had the opportunity this week to have my annual wellness visit um, with with my provider and had to have blood drawn. And um, it reminded me of a story that I heard um, about a patient who went into a doctor's office to have their blood drawn. It wasn't me. It was a different patient. And they had had this relationship with a doctor and they told they they and they had a fear of of having their their blood drawn. You know, Jamie and I, you have you and I have talked about that before. There are people that have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the patient said to the doctor, "I want you to draw my blood." And the doctor said to the patient, 
I am literally the last person <laughs> in this office who you won't draw in your blood. You know, it's it's not what I do mm-hmm. on a daily basis. But they think that because this person had the highest authority, the highest level of education, the was the doctor, they equated that to the best level of care. Sure. When really that phlebotomist who, you know, has been sticking people 10, 20,000 times uh, is, is the best person to, to draw that blood. In, and mm-hmm. that's what the doctor said. You know, this phlebotomist is going to do a much better job at this than I am. Right. So I, so I, I think it all that boils down to, you know, at my annual wellness visit, um, I'm kind of a hard stick. So, you know, a phlebotomist couldn't get it the first time. She tagged in a friend, and, and she got it the first time. But this first phlebotomist was the one who got it the last time. So, you know, it, it, is, that, it is that now team approach mm-hmm. that um, healthcare has become a team sport. Sure. And I, I, th- I think, you know, as the, as the CEO for, the, for this organization, that's, that's where my role is, is, is to inspire people to do what inspires them and, and inspires others around them. Right. So that they can they can be a team player, but ultimately to inspire that patient to understand this proactive, preventative, precision healthcare model where it's not just about keeping them out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's about keeping them healthy. It's about their physical health, their mental health, um, you know, their anxiety, helping them through those fears, helping them to, to think, you know, no, there. It's okay that there is something going on with you. Here's how we're going to defeat it. Mm-hmm. It's okay that there isn't something wrong with you. Yeah. And and everything is normal. Keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I, I think I, I think where um, that's gonna that's the thing that's gonna make us successful as we talk about being patient centric. Now we've got to to match those act, those actions by being patient centric. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, that's so good. Yeah, I love inspire others to do what inspires them. You know, I think, yeah, because you're gonna get the most out of that. You're gonna, you because know, that it's just a, it's gonna just multiply. You know, that person's gonna inspire another person, and it just keeps going down the line. And and I think that's great. Yeah, I love that. Well, Matt, as we as we close this down, this has been great. How do we respond to this information? What do we do? Um, what are some of the things things we can change? You know, how do we respond to this? Um, from a response, I, you know, I I think um, don't quit because you don't like it or or it didn't go your way. Mm. You know, I, I, it took me a long time. I remember as a kid hearing the phrase, "If at first you don't succeed, try try again." And I like I, I didn't literally understand what it meant probably until I was a teenager that it, that there was punctuation missing in that mm-hmm. statement that that is try again right um, you know there are things that that don't go our way sometimes mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate um, but I think again going back to action versus no action you know what is it that you would do differently if you were given the opportunity to try it again because. You know, you can't go back and be a Boy Scout again at, at 42. Mm-hmm. So what is it that I need to do differently? And, and I think, you know, my, my, my takeaway from that is 
if I commit to doing something, then I, then I need to see it all the way through, even if there are some roadblocks in the way. Sure. Absolutely. That's good. Um, how does this change how we work day to day? Um, I think you have to learn, learn from and accept your failures. Mm. Um, not that, not that I am again, encouraging people to fail. Um, cause I don't want that, but again, it, it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, the, the structure of muscles, you know, if you, if you think about weightlifting is the, the tearing of muscles ultimately till failure, right. Mm-hmm. Till, till muscle failure for it to then rebuild and make you stronger. Sure. So, so if, if you think about and, and put that in context of, you know, a work product or a relationship mm-hmm. or, um, you know, conversations or patient care, you know, really evaluating where it is that, that the failure has become and going, okay, what happened? How can I do, how can I do that differently? So, you know, when those failures come, you're at least using them, Jamie, like we've talked about, to to fall forward or to fail forward. Sure. I, th- I think one of the struggles with this is that people want to hide their failures so much that if we just all talked about them, if we all shared them, you know, and sure, there's personal things you don't want to share. I get it. You know, and yeah, do that with the, your closest people. But Man, if we just all shared, because we live in this Instagram society where everybody's perfect, nobody fails, everybody makes the right decision all the time, and it's just not life, it's not real. And I think if we could just, people could always just admit, admit it, man, I, I, I blew it here, here's what I want to do differently. You know, I think that we would live in such a better society. I, you know, you're absolutely right, Jamie. Have, have you ever... Have you ever shared a failure with someone? Oh, absolutely. A, yeah. time, a time that you failed and, and did that person ostracize you or make fun of you or like... Never. Not one time. You know, there may be a little again, ribbing you know, every once in a while, but yeah. Sure. But but, <laughs> but if no. you think that that's the worst case scenario of, mm-hmm. of you know, unfriending or, or being ostracized or, yeah. you know, uh, losing a loved one you know, then, then also consider the, the positive of that, of, so good. you know, if you share that, then, then that person may jump in that canoe with you and, and help you to succeed the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Matt, this has been great. I love this topic. I love this, you know, go and fail forward this year, learn from your failures, learn from your mistakes, make good decisions and, and have, you know, learn from your successes as well. Cause you're going to be, you know, those are the listening, you're going to be successful in things too. So, um, I love my, my biggest takeaways, Matt, I think, cause I always look at the worst case scenario. That's the easiest one to go to for me and starting to look, okay, what's the best case scenario. I think, I think I'm going to start changing that mentality. I think that's so good. So that's it, my, that's it, my change. it really is it. Uh, and, and I had to do it too. It really is an easy habit to create. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you talk about, as, as you talk about creating habits that, yeah. that, you know, then compensate for failed attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just being able to consider that best case scenario. Sure. Yeah. That's so good. Matt, thanks for time. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at experiencinghealthcare.com. 
If you would like to submit a question or potential topics for the podcast, send us an email at jmpreston at ltchs.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the LTC University Podcast, the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, and the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.